Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of... Keto! My name is Hans. I'm Edward. And we're your hosts for now and forevermore. Or until one of us becomes a legendary Pokemon master and just Love. goes off on our own adventure. Love that idea. Like, y- y- y'all know how much I love them Pokemons, okay? And we actually have Pokemon on today's episode, just like we did last week. So I episode. hope you're looking forward to that. If yeah. you're new to Gettle, welcome to what we believe is one of the internet's best podcasts about gaming, entertainment, technology, and lifestyle, all wrapped up in a wonderful, geeky Nespresso capsule. I know because... we've had that one before, but I'm glad that the, that that's <laughs> what we? it is because there Did is we? coffee on the mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, I look, Gosh. I'm just glad you've moved away from loot box because we've had that so many times in the past that I'm kind Listen, of just, like done with it. <laughs> I'm trying my best, okay? Gosh. <laughs> I'm trying. Oh, goodness, goodness. All right. Oh, boy. Uh, so, welcome, everybody. We hope that you've all been doing well. Uh, Edward, how have you been doing? Good. Um, a bit of a migraine yesterday, but it's going away now. So oh, I'm well, that's good, good. That's good. Yeah. How about you, folks? No issues on my side that I care to discuss on the podcast. <laughs> oh. So, so, so it's those issues, <laughs> what you're saying. Uh, what I'm okay. saying we is I've judge. spoken to you about them, but I don't <laughs> feel like speaking about them on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, um, as per usual, we're going to go into some reviews and previews before our general content and then some luscious NSFW. Well, it's a bit dark and gloomy today, just for a little bit, so. (laughs) All right, okay. Um, Getting straight into our reviews and previews. For those of you who are subscribed to my YouTube, you'll know that I've been quiet for a while, for good reason, but I recently released something for all of you wonderful podcast listeners for you to enjoy, and that is some ASMR. <laughs> well, as much as ASMR you can do anyway. Yeah, um, I, look, I'm, I'm, cool I'm by no means there. a pro. <laughs> It, it, to be fair, it is, it is lush, as you said. It's 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 actually a good video. Um, long overdue as well. So there's that. Yes, um, it's actually a ASMR of the Razer Huntsman Mini, um, of which I have also recorded a review, which I guess will come at some point in the future, as well as Edward's article on it, which I have completely forgotten to publish for the last four months. So I forgot. <laughs> Don't worry. It, I completely forgot about its existence. It's so. literally, it's been sitting there for months now. I actually just, I completely forgot about it. I don't know why we didn't publish it. Um, I think it was because you were waiting for the video. Um, but I finally, Maybe. I don't know, it, it's cool. We, that'll eventually come out and you can go and you can check out the website for that. Um, Edward is very busy with a lot of games at the moment, Ed. Uh, basically, yeah. you don't have to give much of a real preview, just what you're busy with at the moment and what our wonderful listeners can look forward to in a future episode. Uh, Super Mario 3D World, World 3D plus Bowser's Fury. Um, that is a long it's title. a remaster of an old <laughs> game plus a brand new expansion. So okay, cool. that's something 
and Persona 5 Strikers, not Persona 5 itself, unfortunately. Um, but Strikers, I believe it's a it's more of a, a battle game, I would call it, but I'm I don't I don't know what they are calling it because it's a weird hybrid title. Um okay. which is I'm not sure. And um Hyrule Warriors, expect that like Monday or Tuesday. Awesome. And yeah. Bunch more. Awesome. Yeah, as always, we always have loads of things in the pipeline. Um and what we've decided to do is uh you know, kind of when we do our previews, they're a bit long in the tooth. <laughs> and it's kind of like, yeah. might as well just give you everything in the actual review. Now, with previews on the mind, it is an exciting week coming up. The Snyder Cut is finally going to be in our grubby paws. Isn't that right, Edward? Yeah. Literally, uh, I think that it's it's the 18th. I think. Yes, yes. It's um, Thursday so... the 18th. It's, it's technically... Okay, so, so for our wonderful listeners... That is literally a day before we generally record our podcast. So yeah. there's a very good chance we wouldn't we would not have had the four hours to watch the film because that's the runtime before yeah, recording the podcast. So we will give you our thoughts on that probably in the week after that. Mm. Um I appreciate the fact that it's four hours though. Um because it should it would have been a miniseries. Um know, and then they just I, said no. I actually preferred the four, the, the one hour split into four episodes, to tell you the truth. Mm. I just kind of feel, I mean, come on, let's be real. You've seen the memes, right? Where it's like 90 minute video. Yeah. Two hour video. Mm-mm, no, thanks. Nah. Can't do, right? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, now we're expected to sit for four hours in one single session. Listen. We're living in the digital age where if something doesn't grab me in the first five minutes, as awful as that sounds, I'm already out. I'm already done. Moving on to something else. Thank you, TikTok, Instagram Reels for ruining another generation. So I'm just thinking, I really want to watch this. I do. But there are a few things I think that might work against it from a modern aesthetic. And that is the fact that it's black and white and it's in four by three ratio, which means you can have those awful black bars on the left and the right of the screen. Uh, so I think it's great that he's sticking to that kind of an artistic vision, but you know, it'd be 2021 y'all. If it ain't be 4k blisteringly burning my retinas out, I don't know how interested I really am going to be. <laughs> See, that's weird because you, you, it ugly. I know interest is, is basically <laughs> no, no, the caveman what, what, what I'm trying to say is, is that the film was made in the modern era. So trying to yeah. retrofy it doesn't make sense to me. Don't get me wrong, it works. And we will we will speak about that in just a moment because um, I finished watching WandaVision and I, I can't wait to actually speak about it. And there's a lot of what I'm talking about now in Snyder Cut that they've used in WandaVision. Um, but what I'm just trying to get at is, you know, it would have been glorious to see a, you know, a 16 by 9 digitally not really even remastered just a proper 16 by 9 cinema quality film that was his vision versus him making it a four by three i mean come on four by three tvs when last did anybody have a four by three tv or screen no as far as i know it's not but i could be wrong obviously well i, I guess we'll find out on the 18th <laughs> yeah and then we'll report back about whether or not the snyder cut was worth the four hours or if we lost four hours of our lives to the snyder cut I'm hoping that I'm, it's going to be good. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah, for. I have high hopes. Yeah, yeah, I, I really hope that it'll be everything that we've all wanted. You know. Mm. Now, with things that we all wanted, here's a show no one 
not that nobody wanted, but but he has a TV show that kind of just came out of the blue. And it is absolutely incredible. And that is One Division. Mm. <laughs> now, for those of you who may not know, One Division is the latest installment in the greater Marvel Cinematic Universe. It isn't a film. It's actually the first Marvel Studios production for TV. Of course, now we're not including the Netflix deals, you know, the the Daredevil and uh, Iron Fist and so on and so forth. We're talking about stuff made exclusively by Disney and Marvel themselves. And I thought it was very good. Um, it's very unusual. It's very different. And the reason for this is because it has to do with Wonder Maximov and The Vision. Uh, for it, those who are familiar with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you should know these two characters. Um, specifically from Age of Ultron. That's actually where we were introduced to, to Wanda with her brother, Pietro, uh, basically Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. And, you know, all sorts of things happen in that film, basically introducing those characters to us where Quicksilver actually dies. Um, and I have, and I, my conspiracy theory is that the reason why they killed off Quicksilver in that movie after he was introduced in that movie was because we have the X-Men version under Fox. And I don't think Marvel at the time was ready to sort of explain away the the differences. Because as we all know, um, although Marvel is basically all under Disney now and, uh, you know, and Disney now owns Fox, but before then, the rights to X-Men were Fox exclusive. So they had, they could do whatever they wanted with, um, you know, those personalities. And then Quicksilver is one of those mutants. So it's very interesting because i will speak a little bit more about that again in just a moment as we discuss one division um i must i have to some fall forward before we begin there will be a lot of spoilers as we speak about one division at the moment so if you haven't seen the show by all means feel free to skip past this section um alternatively feel free to listen on if you have watched the show um it is good and there's a lot of fun stuff so before i even started watching one division I was under the assumption from the little bits that I had seen that it had to do with Wanda dealing through her grief of losing vision. Turns out Mm. that initial assumption was correct. Now, I didn't know anything about this. I actually had discussed this with Edward and he was telling me how it it relates to the House of M, which is something I've never heard of before. So, Ed, if you'd like to give us a a little bit Um, more information about that. To be fair, I myself aren't. Uh, I don't know much about House of Fame other than the fact that it's pretty much a cross, a comic book crossover, just like um, I would say the Avengers, I guess. Um, and it's basically how uh, Wanda influences everything because she doesn't like the outcome. Um, and as far as I know, or, or, or going into WandaVision, I knew it was all because of Vision's death in, um, uh, was it Infinity War or Endgame? Anyway, no, it was in, the, in one of the... Endgame. No, hang on. Uh, no, Infinity War, because that's when he does the, 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 the click and then everybody dies. Because ah, yes, yes, Wanda yes. disappears. She's one of the few that disappears because, yes. as we've now come to learn, she was actually powerful enough to kill Thanos. Yes. Which we now know at the uh, end of of One Division, the TV show, that just how powerful she actually is. Yeah. So, so as far as I know, it it, it basically in in House of M, she has this mental breakdown. Uh, I think someone dies. Um, not not Vision. Um, it was someone else. It could be her children. 
if I remember correctly, um, from what I've read. And yeah, she has this painful breakdown and she alters basically all of reality. And I thought WandaVision was based entirely on that. It's somewhat, but also not. So yeah. Um, that, that's as far as I know from Wires of M. I haven't read all of them. I only read the first uh, the first issue. And then after that, I I just read up on synopsis. So okay, all right, fair yeah. enough, fair enough. Well, look, the show, the show, in my opinion, is a wonderful job of exploring Wonder's mental states from having lost vision. Initially, you kind of start watching, and you're like, "What is actually going on?" Because it comes across as a variety of uh, sitcoms from different uh, decades. You know, most notably things like How I Met Your Mother, Malcolm in the Middle, um, I Love Lucy, The Dick Van Dyke Show. There's a whole lot of sitcoms throughout the eras that WandaVision takes and makes into its own. Whereby, if you look at the, the series as a whole, we understand that it is Wanda processing her grief to the point where she didn't know how to deal with the loss of vision in the way that she should have. And she was so overcome with grief that she actually transmogrifies reality with around her within a certain um, amount of space, which is considered the hex in the show. And it, it portrays just how powerful she is because what she's actually doing is literally, like literally changing reality. So it's not just an illusion. Yeah. She's physically transmogrifying things within her hex, which is incredible and most characters don't have those kinds of abilities, you know, and they allude, they allude to it in the show whereby she has the ability to bring back people from the dead. It's not technically true, but she kind of can in, in, in certain, in certain ways. Like she can't exactly create life. Not that I'm aware of, or at least maybe not yet, but she's very close to altering physical, actual traits of reality, which is, which is incredible because I mean, I stand to be corrected, but I think one of the one of the few mutants who's able to do that is actually the son of um, Charles Xavier from Legion. Um, yeah, the Legion guy is hey, as far as far as I understand, like, like yes, he actually yes. has the ability to legitimately create realities. Um, I, I, yeah, I, as far as if I can recall, in one, I mean, I don't know too much about X Men in that, but obviously from the people around me in my life, um, shout out to Hannah. I know these kinds of things. And I mean, I stand to be corrected, of course, because I'm just speaking from hearsay, not my own knowledge, is um, he was so powerful that he actually recreated. Oh, hang on. No, sorry, sorry. It was Reed Richards and Sue Richards' son. Sorry. Not not Professor Xavier's son. It was the, the Fantastic Four couple, their son. He was so powerful, he actually created a new reality where his parents were still alive after they had died in his reality. Mm. Oh, look again if i'm if i'm okay. speaking out of turn or, or, or totally confusing this i'm sorry but i do know that there is a mutant who is so powerful that he can do that um anyway basically they allude to the fact that uh, wanda maximov is just as powerful she is more powerful than the sorcerer supreme who we all know is dr strange now yeah. I, i've been doing some reading and some watching and it turns out that um Sorcerer Supreme is actually a title bestowed to someone who has mastered the mystical arts. So it's different to Scarlet Witch. So Scarlet Witch is an innate, super-powered witch that is like a witch of legend, all right? And she has this ability, or, or her powers are so extreme, it's, you know, that 
she just is. It's kind of like the Phoenix in Jean Grey. Um, but, you know, the, the title of Sorcerer Supreme is different, if that makes sense. Because, you know, a lot of people were like, yeah, if she's yeah. so powerful, why isn't she a Sorcerer Supreme? And it turns out that it's because Sorcerer Supreme is not about your power. It's about your title and how, um, mm. how much knowledge you have in terms of the mystical arts. So, so technically, Wanda could one day become the new Sorcerer Supreme. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, but technically, it's also but, just a but title. yeah, yeah, it's just a title. So I, I know I'm, we're, we're we're digressing now. Um, long story short, is Wonder Vision is an incredible TV show. It is very very good. It is well worth watching. Um, as I mentioned before, it's also it, it's the it's two firsts for Marvel Studios under Disney. First live audience, which I thought was absolutely incredible. Yeah, I, I, could you imagine being a part of an actual live audience watching this? Uh, and there's actually a new documentary coming, which is all about how they film the show. And I'm so keen to watch it. Anyway, anyway, again, digressing. Um, <laughs> and it's technically the first TV show under the MCU, like official, official canon, not somewhat related like the Netflix shows or how Angels of S.H.I.E.L.D. Or, is no longer canon. Yeah. Or, or rather, they're saying it's in another multiverse. But again, this is what's so phenomenal about WandaVision is it's introducing... Doctor Strange 2 and what the, the, the multiverse of madness or whatever it's called. Yeah. And how yeah. we're headed into that realm of characters being alive from other places and coming in and merging and mixing. And I think, I think this is how Marvel's going to introduce X-Men back into the fold. Oh, for sure. Um, I think it's already confirmed that um, all that Deadpool 3 will exist within the current MCU yes. universe. Correct. And he, uh, th- that'll be incorporating all sorts of Avengers and stuff. <laughs> so I think, yeah, um, the first movie that'll in- introduce that will be um, Universe of Madness. And this is the first TV show. So I think it's cool. With I like more coming, part. hey? Because there's Falcon yep. and the Winter Soldier in uh, debuting next week as well. Same time as the Snyder Cut. Which I will say I am much more excited for. Look, um, it, it, it looks good. I, I am interested. But if Disney's yeah. going to do what they did with WandaVision and they do that week by week thing, I ain't going to have no previews until it's over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, anyway I mean, I, I'm trying to bring, I'm trying to rein this back into keep talking about WandaVision. Um, yeah, 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 look, yeah. it's just, it's a, it's a very, very good show. It, it did a spectacular job of fleshing out Wanda Maximoff as the Scarlet Witch. Because something that I never really realized up until watching WandaVision is that she's never been known as a Scarlet Witch. She was just Wanda. Yep. Wanda Maximoff. And what's great about WandaVision is it now actually gives you the backstory needed to flesh out who this character is. There is a, a later episode where you actually see why each of the previous WandaVision TV shows within the show. Look, the show is very, very meta. In the sense of, if you aren't aware about what it's like about, essentially, Wanda's grief is portrayed as a TV show that she's broadcasting out into the world. <laughs> so if you have yeah. the tech to tune in, you can actually watch her processing her grief through a series of sitcoms. It's, it's very meta that way. It's actually really, really, really good. And especially when you see all the, 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 little, the little things along the way, the Easter eggs and how they, they plant the little things here and there. It's very, very, very Like good. the Halloween episode was very Yes, good. yes. Speaking of That's that. That's also the episode with the biggest twist. Yes. Speaking of speaking that one, of- we have to mention that quickly. So they did a fantastic job by casting 
and I'm so sorry I don't know his name, but they cast the Quicksilver from Fox's X-Men into the show to replace the Quicksilver that was originally part of the MCU and was portrayed by the kick-ass actor. So, see, it's just, I don't know, would you like to to add to that? Because I just, it blew my mind a little bit and I love the fact that they did that. See, I think they did that to to get to basically seed the idea that this might be multiverse stuff. Um, because if they suddenly just go, oh no, the TV show is multiverse, then everyone will be like, oh, this is different. This isn't what we we're used to. So I think they're slowly seeding the idea of um, okay, stuff might be different. Um, so when I first saw the, the X Men, the the X Men <laughs> Origins equivalent yeah. of Quicksilver, um, I saw the memes, but I didn't know what what the context was until I saw the episode literally yesterday. Um, and yeah, the, th- I, the thing I, is, I was though, surprised. Yeah, the thing is, there's so much yeah? more to it than that, though. So I've mm. obviously been watching like conspiracy videos and people trying to explain what's going on and stuff like that. Obviously. So, so in the show, he comes across as Pietro which is, there's an F for Pietro, Pietro right? So it's the fake Pietro. No. Yes? No, no, she no, calls no. it Pietro. Trust me, it's 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 Pietro in the, in the long run, eventually comes out when, anyway, anyway, look, you need to finish watching the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I, I'm two episodes out. So. Okay, so, okay. so with Pietro's introduction, also it's easier just to just discuss him that way, Pietro versus Pietro, you know, so we can get the distinction between the okay. two. Fake Pietro. Fake Pietro, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So with Pietro on the scene, it turns out that he's actually played by um, somebody else. I think it's called John Boner or something like that. It's it's quite it's a it's a funny name. Um, and this is eventually discovered in one of the later episodes. And then, but but like it's weird because he's even got a casting sheet and like a headshot that's like found in this apartment. And then that leads credence to the fact that Jimmy Woo's lost. Um, uh, witness that he's been looking for which they think was in witness protection could be him and then that then boils down to the fact that it could very well be the actual Quicksilver <laughs> because the actual Quicksilver went into witness protection because he knows what's happened in you know certain events with regards to Ultron and Marvel and so on and so forth and because of that he's now was in Westview as John Bomer, I've, I've forgotten the first name, but it was something Boner. And now, you know, his ability, you know what I'm talking about? Like it all kind of like, it all kind of comes together. Although with that said, they kind of explain his abilities away um, with Agatha Harkness. Uh, you know, like she gave it to him and it turns out that, you know, she's actually the big bad. Um, in, in, in addition with the idiot from S.W.O.R.D. who have, has yeah. been running the show behind the scenes. I won't say why she's the big bad or what her plans are, but... What I will say is that that whole mini storyline arc is going to come back to us in Marvel Zombies because it's already been they've already given us a preview. <laughs> Marvel Zombies. Yes. Yeah, so there's that? there's that new um, that new Netflix I think anime or also not Netflix but there's that that new Marvel animated series coming out later this year and oh yeah yes I've forgotten the name but they're going to be they're going to have Marvel Zombies in it and. One division mm. does a great job of showcasing a little bit of what we can expect. Um, mm. Actually, One Division touches on a lot, and I and I actually love it the does. fact that it's this wonderful stopgap between the movies, 
and where where the mm. universe is headed. Because they, they ex- actually explain a lot in terms of the snap and what happened when people came back. And, you know, things that haven't necessarily been answered in the films, but has actually been answered in WandaVision. Look, what overall, just, just I just want to get it out there. If you enjoy the MCU, WandaVision is worth watching. Yes, it's a little bit unusual, especially the first couple of episodes. But once you get to episode three's twist, you just want to keep watching. It's very good, in my opinion. Um, in my opinion, I think the first three episodes are its weakest, um, mainly because I don't like sitcoms at all, and I love sitcoms. Just go the sitcom <laughs> way, and then the f- the f- at the end of the third episode, uh, the big twist happens. Yes. You see, oh, but this is what Wanda is doing, and then suddenly it becomes an actual TV show, not a sitcom anymore. Yeah. well, which, uh, it's a bit of both. Actually, it's a bit of both. <laughs> Uh, the, the, the sitcom element is still there, yeah. but that's not the show anymore. Yeah. Um, and I do, from that moment on, I was much more intrigued than the first three episodes. But so that's what I'm like saying. It, yeah. Make, make sure three, you yeah. get to at least episode three before you call it quits on WandaVision. And but see, the, the uh, thing is, see, WandaVision is one of those shows that has to be taken as a whole. It doesn't make sense to look at just the individual episodes, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But actually, again, in, in sorry, in many ways, it's only nine episodes long, and they're each roughly half an hour, right? So that only works yeah. out to what four hours, right? Yeah, about maybe a bit more, three and a half. That's as long as like two feature movies, or one or Snyder one. cut. <laughs> yeah, see, that's the thing I was about to say. Like you're saying, give it, give it the first three episodes, which yeah. is an hour and a half, uh, but you're also saying you can't be hooked in the first five minutes. Or you'll leave. No, it. it's not. So, so see, for for me, it's different because I love sitcoms. So when I yeah, started so when I started watching One Division, the reason why my intrigue remained and why I didn't lose interest is because I know the characters. I know one is the Vision. I know one is Wanda Maximoff. So, what's going on? Why are they in a black and white nineteen twenties sitcom? What is going on? So, for me. That was enough to keep watching uh, up until, you know, because I wanted to know what was going on. I, I was curious. And the thing is, the first few episodes are not entirely without scene breaks. All right. And what I mean by that is, yes, they're shot like a sitcom, but there's certain there's certain elements in the show that where you, you, you can actually watch the, 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 the screen perspective change. And that's how you know when you're in the real world versus in one of Wonder's illusions. And I don't know, I just, I love it from a cinematography perspective, but also those little scene breaks were enough to like, what is going on? I need to know more. Why is this happening? What's going on? You know, is there somebody else behind the scenes? Is it just Wonder losing control? Is Vision really dead? You know, <laughs> these were all the things that, that within those first three or four episodes were playing around. And I was like, I need to know, I need to know. And then when the third episode twist comes about i was i was hooked i knew i had to keep watching like 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 don't get me wrong, See, like, like like after the end of the second episode i was a bit like uh is it going to be more of this each of these episodes just going to be um you know another sitcom because if this was the case then i could understand why they release it week by week you know instead of me now binge watching it um yeah. you know with that said though i'm a big fan of sitcoms i've actually been binging season six and seven of mom <laughs> I do. I, I enjoy them. Like, you know, uh, not, not all That's sitcoms, fair. but like, 
I think that's why it was okay for me. You know, I, it's Maybe. anyway, anyway. You, it's fine. Uh, you literally don't have to justify yourself. It's no, you, no, I don't. You're watching a show you like. <laughs> so, um, to each their own. Personally, I just think it starts a bit weak. That's all. Um, Look, I've actually seen a I'm, lot of people diss it because of the first three episodes. I'm like, you know, yeah. I, I, I do, I do understand that. I get that because I have in the past many times said if I'm not hooked by the third or fourth episode, I'd stop watching. And well, you know, in 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 fairness, that has often proved to be a, a, you know a good point. You know, especially when the season's only like ten episodes. So if I've given it half, I mean, if I'm not invested by half the halfway point, why should I keep going? Exactly, and ah, you're, in, ah, you're entitled to your own time. I did that. With the original season of Game of Thrones. You know that, right? I got to episode two and I stopped watching. And then I think it was almost a year later. I was like, no, let's give it another chance. You know, and I'm still filled with regret because of the final season. So never mind. Let's forget that I even brought that. <laughs> I did the same with Breaking Bad, though. Um, I watched oh, two episodes. I still haven't um, finished it. I hated it. it. It's one of my most cherished shows <laughs> ever. I watch it yearly. I love it. Oh. It's, it's a dear show to me. You re-watching stuff is something I'd love to discuss at another point in time because I don't do that. <laughs> Why? Oh, I love no, it. No, uh, for me, like, time is valuable. And time I mean, is money. No, no, not time is money. Time, is, time <laughs> is, is valuable. Now, there's a much bigger debate to be had around that. Like, you know, what, what you do with your time is your time. So who cares what anybody thinks or what even you think, you know? You can do whatever you want with your time. I just feel, though, that revisiting older shows and TV shows and watching them again and again is a bit of a waste because you already have done it and you know it. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I don't ever rewatch things. I mean, goodness knows I've watched Jurassic Park more times than I care to count um, as an example, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, and I have in the past rewatched all the Star Wars to movies you know, the original prequels, uh, you know, the original trilogy to make way for the new ones that were coming. Would I do it again? Yeah. No, but I did it. <laughs> so, okay. I, I'm, okay that's, that's, that's just me. That's just me. Anyway, okay, anyway, before we, we completely get sidetracked some more, um, this was actually something I accidentally cut from last week's episode. Uh, and that is Edward recently reviewed a Logitech peripheral for racing enthusiasts. Yes, uh, the Logitech G923, it's not a Pro, it's not an X, it's not a Lightspeed or whatever, it's just a 93. Um, thank the makers, I guess, for once. <laughs> it's still a um, confusing naming scheme, okay? <laughs> it, yeah, it remains confusing. Anyway, um, it's a racing wheel. Um, I think it's better suited to enthusiasts more than anyone else. Um, of which Edward is... Yes, I am, but I'm also. I wouldn't also. I'd also say I'm not that much of an enthusiast that I'll build myself a rig just to put the wheel on. Because one of my biggest qualms with the, with the wheel was the fact that it's clamps. Which so, okay, so mm. for reference, if you get the wheel, you put it on your table, you have to clamp it down. Um, the clamps only go about four centimeters big, so it can fit onto a desk. It doesn't fit onto the average coffee table, though, which is usually three to five centimeters thick if it's a wooden table. So okay. using it in the living room was a hassle. Oh, um, of course, because anyway, you would have attached it to the coffee table that was already there. 
Exactly. And then, it, and then in my scenario, was... I wouldn't be able to attach it to anything. <laughs> because... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Beyond that, though, it's 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 not that big of an issue to lug around. It's a, it's about MacBook size, I would say. It's about the size of this I mean, MacBook, look, which is an old In Air. fairness, you wouldn't really lug it around, right? It's the kind of thing that you would set up and leave, correct? Because my, my understanding is it's the wheel. It's a, it's like a base that, that clamps to the wheel. It has pedals, right? That kind of thing. Uh, it's got the clamps to, to be on whatever table you're using or be on your racing rig if you're an enthusiast. And then also, um, it comes with pedals included in the box, but it doesn't come with a shifter, which I find so weird. Um but I think that's just most people will just use the shifters on the wheel or I just drive automatically. Okay, but okay, but it's got gear shifts on the wheel then. Mm-hmm. But that's alright. That's alright. Um, most most high end sports vehicles uh, have like that. So I mean, yeah, yeah, my yeah, car yeah. is not exactly new. It's actually what it's like eight years old now, and mine has paddle shift. So yeah, yeah, it yeah. makes more um, sense, so I think. I guess it's, it's also weird. also less um, components, you know, because I, I would imagine that something like a like first of all, most people in the world don't know how to use a gear shift. Let's be real for a second there. All right, most yeah. people don't know how to do manual, so you have to make a product that's as easy as possible for people to use. And I assume, yeah, pedal shift is probably the way to go. Yeah, probably. Mm. Um, so that's just a nitpick, anyway. Um, it comes with the full plethora of pedals, though. Um, and that's huge. It, it's sizable. Um, if I put my feet down, it's about, I would say it's about 40 centimeters in width. And okay. it comes out of, as far as well. That's and quite, it's heavy. It's quite it a doesn't big move thing, around yeah. if, you, it's, if it's on the floor at all. Um, okay. And, and in your the, opinion, I know you've said it's more, I suppose, attuned to people who are more serious about playing racing games. Yeah. Is it worth it though? Like, like, like what, what I mean by that is, did it at all improve or change the way that you raced, like your skill, for example, versus using a controller? See, I don't know if it improved my skill at all. Um, I didn't have it for long enough to, to get used to it properly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had it long enough to know that I don't want to play racing games with the controller anymore. Oh, with the analog sticks. That's awesome. Um, okay. Because playing it with the wheel was an experience in itself, and I loved it. That's um, also because the wheel has force feedback, right? So you can actually yes. feel the gravel, uh, specifically in games that support it, correct? Like the way that it like shifts yeah, so, and shakes. So the wheel has the usual force feedback, which is basically if you bump something, your steering wheel in real life will move according to how your wheels are pushing it to move <laughs> because it's linked. Yeah. Um, it, it'll do the same with the G923, um, except this one also comes with something called True Force, which is an even higher state of this. So yeah, you'll actually feel the gravel. You'll feel if if your wheels go up and down, you'll you'll have little bumps in in the wheel to to basically. Um, That's awesome. To basically get this through to you, which is super nice. Um, That's very it, cool. The, Another issue with that is that the true the true force it's not supported in many games yet. The force feedback is there, but not the the new f- feature. Um, uh, yeah, so okay. Obviously, steering wheels are are devices that you use for tens of years for, it's, it's for long by. periods of time. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, well, so, that, so, that's interesting. I mean, I'm not much of a 
uh, I mean, I enjoy the odd car game with Forza Horizon 4 being top of my mind right now. But it's not, I, I wouldn't personally feel the need to buy something like this. But I could, I could get it. I mean, I have bought the Elite controller for the Xbox Series X because I love the extra buttons and things. So I would imagine that if I was more into car games, I might invest in something like this. You know, kind of like mm. how in the past where I had like, you know, Guitar Hero and the, the drum one, you know, you'd have to have those peripherals. And it was always fun using them. But man, was it a chore to put away. I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, because obviously it's, it's just a lot. Uh, All right. Well, yeah. that's so your overall verdict? It's good. Okay. Um, I, I wouldn't say it's exceptional just because it's not for everyone. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And also, it's, I, it's, I know that it's um, not necessarily entry level, but it is also very niche. And I know yes. that if you are very much into this market where you want to have the simulator experience, there are other products that are more realistic. So this is more of a, uh, you know, general commercial version of, yes. you know, the kind of setup that somebody with a lot of dosh would invest into. That's my understanding. Yeah. Uh, uh, to be fair, the, the G923 is literally the same wheel they use in these bigger setups. Oh. But but you are referencing the big rig yes. with, with yes, the multiple yes. screens and, and all the, the This the is kind of like a nice stopgap, I would imagine, you know? If yes, you're interested in that kind of thing, is. this is a good, a good um, stepping stone. Yes. How much does it exactly cost, by the way? Is. I think it goes for about 4000 if I bad. remember correctly. Now, yeah. we, we alluded to some coffee in a previous episode. So today, we're going mm. to finally speak to you about the Turbidor coffee that we've ordered, specifically the coffee capsules versus the beans that you can also buy and grind. Uh, I purchased a variety of colors for myself and Edward to test and enjoy, and they were okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> I thought I was. Uh, <laughs> I thought maybe I'd go like in depth and Average. speak about them and everything. But look, th there are a few flavors, right? There's six that I'm aware of. So there's a a purple, which is like a normal arabica. There's a vanilla. There's a English toffee, a Dutch chocolate, a Italian hazelnut, and then one called the Great Dane, which is meant to be their signature flavor. Yeah. Now the turbido coffee is. It's okay. It's got a very nutty base overall. So regardless of which one you're tasting or which one you choose to drink, there is a nutty aftertaste. And for the most part, that works quite nicely. I will admit that the um, my favorite flavoring was the Italian hazelnut. And I oh, think that's sure, because yeah. it complements the already nutty base. You know, versus mm -hmm. the others like the vanilla, Dutch chocolate, or English toffee, which are trying to add additional flavorings to what is already a nutty undertone. Now, it it works fair enough. So, like for vanilla, it's decent. It's a decent vanilla flavoring over the the, the nutty base. Um, for the English toffee again, it smells incredible. Like it actually smelt like toffee, and it did have a very sort of caramel like texture when drinking, but not enough to make me be like, oh yeah, this is English toffee, if that makes sense. It was just kind yeah, of like yeah, a, yeah. a nice sort of subtle, um, you know, feel. The Dutch chocolate was very similar, although I found it to be quite bitter. Um, I assume maybe some cacao was put into the mix or, or well, actually they say it's all natural and that it's flavoring, so I'm not really sure. Um, and then the Great Dane, and I've got written here as purple because I've forgotten what it is. I think it was just Arabica, 
right? I can't actually uh, yeah, remember. Yeah, as well, because <laughs> of the pods ran out before yeah. I could see the name. They were decent, but I found the Great Dane, which was their signature flavor, to have a very odd aftertaste. Actually, if I must be honest, they all have a really weird aftertaste. Now, yeah. I'm not sure if this is because these are capsules versus if you actually have to buy the beans and grind them. But I'm going to assume that there's no difference. And the reason why I'm mentioning this is because I have had flavored coffee in the past before I moved to Nespresso. And there is always, always a very unique taste to these coffee beans that have this flavor. And that's because, to my understanding, is that they use an oil to coat the beans to give it um, a flavor and uh, not necessarily a taste, but you know, it's natural flavorings. And yeah, yeah, yeah. in the past, I've had certain brands actually give me allergic reactions because of the, the oils that they're using. Thankfully, I didn't have that with Turbidor, but it did have that weird synthetic taste. And I have to mention it because when I drink Nespresso capsules and they bring out their unique flavors, there is no weird aftertaste with a Nespresso product. I don't know how to explain it. I, the, the, the easiest way for me to say it is that every time I drink a flavored coffee from another brand, and Turbidor is just one example, there is always that weird bitterness at the back. Now, coffee is meant to be bitter, but that's not the bitterness I'm talking about. This is like a, an actual bitterness, which just, it just sits there, and, and it's always at the end of your sip. And you're like, Ugh, what is that? It's not, it's not the nicest taste at least at least for me see, all right <laughs> see personally i i don't mind the taste of the turbidor or the aftertaste rather uh what i f- didn't like was the flavor itself um but in terms of aftertaste uh, to me this was the best flavored coffee i've had in a long while um uh, as you said uh, you used to have the the, the beans um yes. I also used to have the, the crushed beans flavored. I especially like the Irish um the Irish flavored coffee beans. Um which is literally just oil. Now I think this isn't oil. Uh I think that's because it's bitter. I think this is actual flavorant. Um You might be right, yeah. Uh powdered right. flavorant is what I mean. Mm. Um and I think that's where the bitterness comes from. And I think mixing that with the ha- with the nutty base that they already have makes makes it bitter because Look, nuts is you may a grounded be flavor. very you may you may be right now of course edward and i are yeah. calling we don't know for sure yeah, we haven't course. reached out to them to ask them exactly what they they mean by their natural flavoring but essentially yeah. i think that the takeaway from this is that these capsules are average they mm-hmm. i i anticipated a lot more from them i was hoping they were going to be really 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 great but unfortunately, and this is like the honest truth, there are very few other capsule makers that can compete with Nespresso's original offerings. And what is surprising is they're often all similarly priced. I mean, you're talking about maybe one rand on a capsule, so you might as well get the Nespresso. That's just my personal opinion. I mean, as I mentioned before, you know, with Nespresso flavorings, I don't know, they just feel very like truly natural. They, they, they never overpower the drink and they're very subtle. And I think that's why some people can't really tell the difference when they drink the Nespresso ones. Um, but for me, I can. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily from a taste perspective, although it is there. But it's definitely an aroma and a, like a flavoring, you know? Anyway, mm-hmm. 
Um, so with coffee on the mind, it, when do you normally drink your coffee? <laughs> um, three times a day, morning, afternoon. Well, I see you drinking right now, right? You, well, yes. as, we're, as we're recording this episode. Yeah. I also drink whenever the, I don't want to say need, because I don't feel, it's not, I'm not like addicted to caffeine or anything like that. Like legitimately, I can just not have if I don't feel like it. But I like the taste. That, that's what addicts say. <laughs> it's just anyway, saying, anyway. Just um, have you ever just like sat down with a mug and just let yourself wander, let your mind wander? While oh, that's, drinking that's it. dangerous. <laughs> that's a dangerous thing to do. So, <laughs> why? Why do you say that? Because thoughts. Ah. I'm a millennial after all. <laughs> oh goodness. Oh, actually, yeah. With that on the mind, just quickly before I, I launch into the topic, I actually want to discuss. But I came across this really interesting fact that I tweeted, and it has to do with how you can kill yourself by drinking coffee. And it turns out that if you consume more than 80 to 100 cups of coffee, you can die. Right? Yeah. So that's 100 times, what, 250 mils. That's, yeah, that's 25 liters. So that's, that's 20,000 mils, yeah, so, which so is about, it's what, about 20, 20 to 25 liters. So there we go, boys. We know the threshold now. <laughs> just, to, just to how to end your life with Pepe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway. So the, what the what I was yeah. alluding to just now and why I asked if you think about things when you're drinking coffee is because I'd like to speak about daydreaming for a little bit. Uh, actually, out of curiosity, do you daydream, Edward? No. At all? I can't say I do. No. And I've never found myself daydreaming. In the past? Mm, as I said, never. Oh. Um, or rather, let me put it this way. I wouldn't know what that entails. Okay, so... I think you have, and maybe you're just not aware that you have. Maybe, and I say this maybe. because you are an aspiring author, so you obviously have mm -hmm. worlds that you've created in your mind, and I would like to assume that when you think about these worlds, they play out. Oh, yes. Well, that's, oh, okay. that's considered daydreaming. <laughs> okay, then often. Often. Then. Uh, honestly, I, I, my, my idea of daydreaming is something, uh, everything you see in the movies, essentially. W meaning? Uh Meaning all this OTT crap. Um, no, like daydreaming. <sighs> daydreaming is like, like, you know? like, for example, let's say I'm sitting here and for those of you who are listening, in my new location, I'm literally staring out towards the ocean. And, you know, sometimes you can just stare out and just look at it and think of where my life is going, where it could be, and then maybe that will merge into something fanciful like me riding a dragon or anyway, look, I'm just saying <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's that. technically, yeah, you yeah. know, daydreaming. All right. Yeah. And now a lot of the times people do this when you're a lot younger, when you have less responsibility on your mind, you know, that kind of thing, because there's less real world worries. Then again, at the same time, yeah. people who suffer from attention hyperset deficit disorder are more likely to daydream on average than, than the normal person. And that's because, their mind is constantly in flux and you're constantly thinking about other things. And so it, it, a means of coping through all of that is to daydream. All right. Yeah. It's the reason why I'm bringing all of this up is because there's actually been some really incredible new research into daydreaming and how beneficial daydreaming actually is to us as humans. Um, you know, basically 
what the research, researchers have found is that it's a very underdeveloped part of our cognitive toolkit because through their research, and as always, we will link below because obviously we're giving you very much the crib notes version. You know, they found that daydreaming actually has a lot of cognitive benefits to the point of where it can actually help reduce pain, which I thought was very, very, very interesting. Um, you know, how yes. exactly is still a little bit up for debate, but the fact mm -hmm. that, you know, you can boost your pain tolerance and your wellness through daydreaming. And I, I maybe assume or from the little bit that I have read, it might have to do with because you're, you're using your mind for something creative and therefore something pleasurable. So that's why, you know, immediately I'm thinking, you know, it's because you're being tortured. And so you need to daydream to get out of the situation. <laughs> yeah, that's immediately where my head went as well. Like, <laughs> just escape. Now, what's interesting about daydreaming and what the research has also found is that it's actually very cognitively taxing. And initially, you know, you wouldn't think so. But it turns out the reason why is because you are essentially, to really summarize what they're saying here, you are creating your own universe in your mind with its own actors, its own scripts, its own, uh, you know, the direction, the cinematography. You're doing it all in your mind's eye. And so they, they, they want to do more research into it because they really want people to understand or rather, they want to understand more the, like the benefits of it and why we should all do it. So with that in mind, they actually gave uh, four tips for how to daydream. Um, okay. And I'll just go through them quickly. So the first one is, you need to trust that it's possible to have a good experience. And you need to prime your brain with topics that you find interesting. Now, the reason why this one is so, is so important is because through the studies, because uh, there was actually two throughout the studies that they had two, you know, study A, study B, and they, they conducted different things. And they found that when they forced people to think about something that they necessarily weren't interested in, they had a negative experience because they, they couldn't intuitively attribute something positive to what they were forced to think about. And one of the conclusions then came out of the fact that humans don't intuitively or um, think positively about things. <laughs> Hence, how coffee kills you. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, <laughs> um, and so what they're saying is, that, you know, you've got to prime your mind by thinking positive things so that when you get into that, that daydream, it's, it's a positive experience. And because it's a positive experience, you end up feeling better. You feel lighter. You know, maybe it was refreshing. Um, now, they also admit that it's a very challenging thing to do. So unless you may be a child with a very bright and active imagination, you aren't weighed down by the realities of the world, which we all know are too real. Um, <laughs> you know, but practice makes perfect, basically. Um, and cool. now this is this is another important one. They said, don't confuse planning things with thinking for pleasure. So this is where, for example, you know, let's say you're thinking about going on a trip. So you're thinking about all the things you'd need to do for the trip to prepare for it. That's not daydreaming. That's just planning. Because you're planning a real-world scenario, which could therefore also be quite stressful. You know, mm. nobody necessarily daydreams packing their car and how they're going to get to a destination and then do, will they have, you know, the, the pills for malaria? You know what I'm talking about? What, what might happen is packing the things for the car and then the car takes off and the wheels become thrusters and, you know, you meet alien life. You, you get what I'm, what I'm saying? The difference between the two. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then the, the last point is essentially to choose the right time to try, um, you know, because 
you know, if you're really busy, like, like this for Gettle this morning, right? So I was prepping for Gettle this morning. So obviously it would have been a bad time for me to try and daydream this morning. But maybe after this, if I have another cup of coffee and I go and lay on the beach, who knows? Just sit and stare <laughs> and imagine the magical floating islands above the sea as you look at them. Oh, See, that's oh, the oh. basically, basically hallucinate, right? Is that what you're... Essentially. <laughs> ah, good. Get now, some LSD now, going. Now. Oh, yes, yes. Now, with hallucinations on the mind, most of us know of something called the motion after effect. Now, anyone who's played a video game like Rock Band or Guitar Hero or even has just stared at a waterfall or even the ocean for an extended period of time whereby there is a particular motion moving in one direction will know that if you look away at something stationary, your mind will perceive that the stationary thing is moving. All right. So this is called motion after effect. And I came across the most incredible video which does this to you like extremely and when you look away everything ebbs and flows and it and the reason why i'm bringing this up is because this particular illusion or that this video gives people the impression of if they're on lsd or mushrooms and as somebody who's never taken either i was i was like okay cool let's see let's see what Curious. it is to trip on these things yeah yeah right yeah so i i watched it and it's 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 fascinating. It's a, it's, I, I can't say I would enjoy it. I mean, I'm already somebody who I've never really been drunk before, like proper, proper drunk, you know, like vomiting and et cetera, et cetera. Um, because I don't like that loss of control. It's never something I've ever enjoyed. And it's why I don't, I, I guess I don't do drugs, I suppose. Um, you know, there we yeah. go. There we go, kids. <laughs> um, <laughs> you no, it's control. just, I, I don't, I don't like the loss of control. You know, like I've had marijuana before and of course I've obviously had alcohol and, you know, that weird, like, like loss of your, 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 your faculties. I, I don't enjoy it. I just don't like it, which is why I've steered cleared from things like that. Not because I don't, you know, if you want to do it more power to you, but it's not for me, you know, that's how I, I know my, my own body. I know my limits. I know what I like and what I don't like, you know? So yeah, anyway, so I did this and it's weird and I can't say that I would want to take LSE because of it. <laughs> <laughs> is 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 what I'm what I'm getting at, you know? <laughs> okay, okay. But at least you're not losing control, so it adds that factor back. Well, it well, gives you that back. Well, not necessarily because you know, yeah, I suppose it's more of a visual illusion. So I still have all of my oh. faculties in place, with the exception of sight, you know, to to a degree. But look, either either way, you if mean? you're curious about it, we will link the video. Go have a look at it. It's uh. It's eye-opening, for lack of a better term. <laughs> literally. Oh, gosh. Literally. <laughs> gosh, dang. That pun, though. Oh, okay. What, okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> now, what is also super eye-opening, and this is thanks to Edward. Um, Edward found this incredible video about the Pokemon family tree, but mostly oh, to do with yeah. legendaries. Edward, yeah. uh, you yes. blew my mind. Somebody who About has Pokemon. been a Pokemon <laughs> fan for like 20 years, right? The this was is, just... <laughs> the thing is, when I go off in the YouTube rabbit hole, because I'm always on YouTube, um, as y'all know, 
uh, I sometimes find weird stuff, and sometimes I get recommended stuff based on what you watch because I'm subscribed to you and you're subscribed to me, and we're all friends. Does, does and that actually do does it actually thing. do that? Does it actually really do that? Yeah, uh, I believe so. I don't know uh, uh, because it's I never like watch anything. Pokemon quickly and goes and hides YouTube history. <laughs> My history is already hidden just because of that. Um, so yeah, I found this cool video which basically. Sh- goes through the the creation process and the family tree of the the pokemon and how they ended up being the pokemon that they are um so if essentially we spoke last week about arceus yes thank you it is arceus by the way edward yes, is it's, it was totally spot on totally <laughs> it's it's a romanized name so i that's i guess just how i knew anyway it's, but it's, but hold on hold on hold on, hold on, hold on. okay okay now I'm so glad you brought Arceus up and I'm so glad that we have the right way of saying it because your video, if, if 100% legit, Mm -hmm. blew my mind because apparently all of life in the Pokemon universe comes from a single golden egg. (laughs) Yeah. This mysterious egg we don't know anything about. Yeah. So so if you, if you, if you go and watch this video, right, it starts off with the egg. That's it. It's just <laughs> the egg and it's gold. It's a golden egg. Now, anyone who's familiar with the Pokemon universe knows Pokemon come from eggs. And if you played Pokemon Go, you know you have to walk for them to open. It's the same things in the games. The more you walk, the more the eggs eventually hatch. So I guess it makes sense that um, they would come from an egg. But like the, 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 <laughs> the reason why it's so like is because it's the single golden egg that produced Arceus. But who created yeah. the golden egg? See, that's that's huh? the question. Where? That, Where? That's the existential thing we don't know. <laughs> oh, wait, and wait, I what came this... first, the Pokemon or the egg? <laughs> oh, boy. Well, no, now no. We, know. we now know the it was egg. the egg. <laughs> yeah. It was nothingness. And then it was an egg. <laughs> then it was the universe. No, no, no. Then it was no, no. the Earth. It, it was the egg, and then it was Arceus. So, this... Oh this, yeah, yeah. This yeah, video yeah. is it's just it really has opened my mind to the Pokemon universe because I've you as a Pokemon fan, you know about all the Pokemon. And often I've wondered how the fung do all of these Pokemon actually relate to each other. And this video just does such a superb job of putting all the pieces together. So, mm-hmm. like for example, Arceus to me is a fairly new Pokemon, all right? Despite yeah, the fact is. that um I think it's been available since the Sinnoh region. I mean, I stand to be corrected, but I, I, I feel it was—I feel it was oh, only yeah. really revealed like much, much later on in like the series in- as things go forward. And the fact is, Arceus is the one. So it goes egg, and then from the egg hatched Arceus, and then from Arceus comes things like Mew, and from Mew is every Pokemon in existence except for the legendary Pokemon some of the legendaries hey? no so, so all of them that's the thing I, I, all of them no, none of them, of them are related uh, to Mew but <laughs> see on, you, except for Mew too but that's but but you see that's so, human no, meddling no, but yeah but it's human meddling so so technically according yeah, to no. the, the the chart on this YouTube video Mewtwo comes from man which makes sense yes yeah but but also I see you put in the notes that it's missing some legendaries now it is I think it is. as as a non 
<laughs> professional <laughs> enthusiast like you. I think the reason it's missing some legendaries is because not all legendaries are truly legendary in the sense that they came first. I yes, think yes. they are in the same category as the the little Pikachu category, which is all Pokemon. Um, oh, I see. What, look, look. I, I know that, like, for example, Deoxys, right, comes from yeah. DNA, and so that would then I would imagine come from humans, kind of like Mewtwo. Yeah, I would. You know, or, or something yeah. to that effect. I know that there's another viral Pokemon as well, which comes from like a virus. So I would assume that Edward is correct in saying that pretty much it, the, the legendaries are not included in this Arceus list are probably then from Mew because they're, yeah. they're some, some derivative, some something evolved or mutated. And then we have some of those extra, extra Pokemon, but honestly, but, yes. Uh, we must also note that this family tree is pre sword and shield. So it all has to do with Arceus, which I said before, I think debuted with the Sinnoh region, which has got to do with um, Pearl and Diamond, Pokemon Pearl and Diamond. Yes. So Arceus has been around for a while. So for Zacian and Zamazenta, we're still not entirely sure where they fit in, but I would imagine that it's from Arceus. And the reason for this is because, as always, we will link to the video, so definitely go and watch it. But having a look at the image, right, there were so many like mind-boggling things. Like I didn't realize that, for example... From Arceus comes Dialga, Palkin, and Girantina. And now, of course, each of these mm. means something different. So, like, Pialka has to do with, like, space and time. Uh, I think space. Dialga is is uh, time or something like that. So, and, so Zacian yeah. and Zamazenta must mean something as well in the grand scheme of things to create the universe. And if not, Maybe. And, and, and if not the universe then something else perhaps to do with Earth. Because, because get this, and I didn't know this, but Pokemon like Kyogre, Rayquaza, and Groudon are specifically Earth legendaries. So, yes. so you know, it, it's just, I don't know. It, it's, I'm sorry, it's incredible. I geeked out so much when I saw this. Like, it, <laughs> it, it, it's so nice to see how, you know, the original birds... You know, I'm talking about um, like Moltres, Zapdos, Articuno and how they fit in and where Lugia fits in. And, you know, what about Ho-Oh? It's just, it's just really amazing. And I implore anyone who's a Pokemon fan to go and check out this video because I think you're going to love it. I, I, I yeah, really do. Cool and now yeah. speak, speaking of uh, Pokemons and the fact that they're animals and where do <laughs> them Pokemons come from? The Big Bang, anyway. Oh, there we go. Dude. Yeah, there we go. The Big Pokemon Bang. Bang. <laughs> Look, before before we get into your, your topic here, which is, um, I see Edward's labeled it as weird animal sex. I just mm -hmm. have to quickly talk about how, like, how awful it is to de-vein a lobster. <laughs> What's a de-vein? Okay. Okay, okay, so for those of you who eat uh, lobsters and prawns and things, you know, or you should know, that you have to de-vein them before you eat them, otherwise you can get violently ill. Now, de-veining is a bit of a weird term, because essentially what you're pulling out is not necessarily a vein, but it's actually their intestines, so it's filled with poop, alright? So that's actually oh, yeah, what, you're, yeah, what, yeah, you're, yeah. what you're taking out, so you don't get sick. Yeah. Look. So just this week, 
Um, we had some crayfish uh, delivered because there's a local person that that uh, catches them, and they came over. It was, it was wonderful. We had about eight massive tails. It was delicious. The thing is, they were fresh tails, obviously. So, or rather, the whole crayfish, and you know, you break it apart, and so on and so forth. They were already dead. So how they died, I'm not sure. Anyway, so how do you devein them? Is the whole thing. So generally, when it comes to like a prawn, you cut it open, and you you know you you you, you can pull it out, right? Now, the crayfish, it's a much harder shell, so it's a bit more difficult. So I did some Googling, and I came across a fascinating video <laughs> whereby you basically, <laughs> you give the crayfish some really bad anal, and you that's how you pull it out. <laughs> you literally just... <laughs> no, 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 no. What you do, what you do is you take a, a, one of its, I don't know what you'd call them, feelers. Yeah, you, you snap yeah. it off, and you literally shove it into the ass and you twist and then you pull it out <laughs> oh boy i know i know the it's, images it's, i just uh, got no in my head. Anyway, let me tell you i don't consider myself to be a squeamish person okay but because but, i knew uh, that that was the ass of the crayfish the fact that i had to stick my fingers in there and like shove that thing in and twist it and pull it out oh i, I, I almost i wanted to gag just once or twice that's but eventually weird. eventually i got used to it so essentially what, the, what it does is you can get something called a deveining tool, which does this automatically, okay? But essentially what you're doing with this thing is, is you, you're, you're destroying the anal cavity in order to pull out the vein. <laughs> wow. Okay. Anyway, okay. sorry. I just, I, I do just one of those few things. I just had to throw it in here. I'm just having um, weird ass things. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave the video so you can go and check it out because it's, it's very interesting. And it, it, I learned from it. So I now know how to devein crayfish. And not gag in the Good. process. <laughs> and also not die in the process, I guess. Yes. <laughs> so so Thank there's you. that. <laughs> right. So, Ed, uh, tell me, you, you've come across some cool animal sex facts? Yeah. Weird animal sex facts. So, um, it's not nothing new. Uh, that I came uh, across this, are they this weird, website. though? Or is it just weird to humans? Well, which means they're weird. Okay. <laughs> they're not normal. So, so we've spoken about these, um, we've briefly mentioned uh, rats that go on sex sprees in the past. I specifically think it was the the 21st episode, our official 21st episode, our coming of age episode, if you will. Um, and we mentioned that there are rodents that go on sex sprees. Now, it turns out that these ro- rodents do exist. It's not just a myth. Or a factoid that someone Listen, every time, uh, every time we think rodent, all I can think about is Richard Gere. <laughs> well, um, for those of you who missed it, basically there is a rumor that Richard Gere likes to put gerbils in his asshole. <laughs> it's probably a false rumor. It probably is, but that's it. Every time, every time you you put rodents and like sex together, I'm like, mm-hmm. Did somebody get Richard Geared? Because <laughs> gosh dang. Well, maybe maybe it one of it was was one of these. Okay, no, it wasn't durable, but okay. so, so the rodents I'm referencing today is called the Antichinus Antichinus. I am not okay. sure. Um and they are tree dwelling dwelling rodents, pretty much like um flying squirrels almost. Okay. Um, but they're they're actual rats. Oh um, they, they don't fly though, right? No, they don't. Oh, it's it's okay. a little rat type thingy. It, it it's not entirely a rat, but it looks like a mixture between the flying squirrel and the and a rat. I'd say. Um, anyway, they they live in trees, 
and they go their entire lives without having sex. So until how do they, re- they oh, okay. do. Okay, oh. so so <laughs> so so scientists call they're this celibate until they're not parity. <laughs> yes, that they aren't we all? They call it semal parity, which is basically they go their entire lives mm. until they stop producing semen, and then the moment they stop producing semen, they just go around and pump everything they see until they die. <laughs> they literally die while having sex. They have so much sex, they hey, die. Hey, listen, that's not a bad um, way to go. And I know we said coffee was a good way to go, but somehow this seems like a much better way listen, to go. Listen, it sounds like a good way to go until you know that they have so much sex, their insides start imploding and they start losing hair and <laughs> they start going gangrenous. Because Ew, they... Ooh, goodness. It, hey, it, on, that's all they do. Wasn't there another animal that we... we not spiders now. That also did something similar. Wasn't it like a? It also they they make like aggressive love until they die. I forgot. Yeah, now. Um, somewhere in season one. Yeah, I I can't remember exactly what it anyway, was. Anyway, it so be it's, it's a testosterone fueled mating frenzy. I see here that you yeah, have it literally, and, then, and it can go on for four entire days. Um, a single mating session, just on and on and on until it just falls over flat. But now, now, um, okay, hold on, hold on. So they're celibate, but but produce yes. semen. The whole time. Yes. And then yes. when the body's like, sorry for you, bitch, we're going to stop now. Then they make an effort to reproduce. Yeah. Then they're like, okay, gosh, it's, okay. it's go time. I'm curious. <laughs> how do they know when that stops? I don't know. Um, and I also, also, what about the rest about of the semen? Or like, I mean, if it's been being produced all along. Yeah. What? Just nothing. I, th- I, my guess is that it's stored somewhere. Which means the semen is some kind of strong mutant semen or something that just doesn't die. <laughs> Look, I know that with, um, with 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 us, for example, I think it's within yeah. twenty four to forty eight hours it gets fully replenished after. Well, actually, yes. it's less than that. I think it's essentially hours. it's much less, but it's it's yes. around there. Yeah. But and then the thing is, even if you don't expel, the body just absorbs, and then there's a new fresh batch. Yeah, it just keeps going. Yeah. Okay, so but, so but, see, I'm bringing it up because that's interesting. You know, it's such a, it's it such a strange physiological, you know, fact of this creature that yeah. is actually fertile all of its life until it's not. And only when it's not, it's like, you know what this sounds like? This sounds like procrastination to the extreme. <laughs> like, whoa, I'm good. And then it just dies. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, it's like, no, I, I've got until next week. No, I've got until next week. And then eventually next week comes and you're like, so I don't actually have any more. So let me just do this. <laughs> Let's uh, now the party starts, baby. Yeah, pretty much like bucket list time. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird, but that's that's a fact I found. Okay. Uh, I did think about googling more about it, but I went off another tangent. I'm going to mention later. Um, so in the same list, I found another cool thing about bees. Now we all know about the bee mating process, which is basically just. Drones keep going at the queen whenever she want, feels like it. Um, it's good to be a queen. Actually, <laughs> isn't it always? Uh, well, well, no, not if you're Queen Elizabeth right now. Yeah. Okay, well, and we, we, we will not talk about that just right Megan now. Bitch. Carry on. <laughs> um, that, that immediately dampened the mood because, <laughs> gosh dang, 
listen, the monarchy is being, it is in trouble, okay? And I am not having any of it. For those of you who are listening and watching, as you can tell, Edward is triggered right now because he loves the monarchy. (laughs) And personally, I I really dig the monarchy as well. And I'm not going to, I don't want to get into any debates surrounding it because I just think the monarchy is cool. My point stands that basically being a queen should be great because everyone follows you around every in in this weird ass obsession almost now with bees it's pretty much the same thing um we all know that the the bee colony is essentially just drones looking after the queen and they do everything they feed her they do everything for her and they mate with her um now personally i always thought that the queen bees basically chose the drone or she just had one mount her and they went at it turns out that's not the case turns out that bees are at least the drones are so obsessed with the queen they'll just do anything for her um they they are almost slave-like in that they want to mate with her but isn't that the whole point i mean isn't that the whole thing that a drone is literally that a drone (laughs) yeah i guess so um i just thought they are more i don't know more sentient than that i guess um so so they want to mate with her so, so, so badly that they just, they feed her, they look after her, they do everything for her. Um, and uh, the, the, the person who wrote the post, the, they they liken it to an assembly line almost because when, when the colony <laughs> needs to move, the queen is the first one ahead with all the, the soldier bees, obviously, in France. And then all the drone bees, they're just in a line following her. Now... Um, I just found that very, very fascinating because as we all know as well, when a bee does mount her and finishes and does his thing, it just falls dead. It just dies because... I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, as it turns out, their penises explode and <laughs> they just end their life just there after sex. I actually didn't know uh, that. So the So the queen gets her full and then just gets new ones. She's just always fresh, fresh meat. Pretty, pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> now, now there, there are two more things I want to mention from this list. We'll obviously link to the full list below. Yes, um, yes. One that will intrigue you a lot, Hans, uh, which is I'm the listening. fact that <laughs> basically um, sharks, okay? We all know the big bad of the sea. Um, no, that's a clue clue. <laughs> yes, that, that's Cthulhu, not a Cthulhu. <laughs> Um, we all know that, well, we don't know. I never knew this. Sharks can reproduce on their own, just like, get this, Godzilla and a Komodo dragon and whatever else. And chickens, uh, like chickens. Is it because they can change their sex? Uh, it's not, uh, it's only been observed in females. So I don't think that is because they can change so, their but sex. But hold on, is it because they keep some of the semen? No, um, uh, in a scenarios where no male was ever introduced, a female would still produce, uh, reproduce. Oh. And uh, it was mostly observed with hammerheads in um, scenarios where the hammerhead knew that she would never be with another male. Because these are mating, this is a mating species. They don't usually go without couples and mating that and, is and the entire very interesting i didn't know that they could do that wow yeah so it's been observed that female hammerheads especially they can 
get a baby without a male ever in so the picture. So you also mentioned Komodo dragons, turkeys, and I've mentioned chickens. But chickens is different. Chicken is where uh, if there's no male, one of the hens becomes a rooster. I know See, that they can I change actually, that way. Um, I actually never knew that. So I'm wondering, yeah, what about dinosaurs? That's May, what I'm what if, getting yes, at. What if, what if, what if they were also unisex? Mm, maybe because they were basically just chickens, giant ass chickens and reptilians. That is why they could breed in Jurassic Park. Oh yeah. It's all coming mm. together now. i knew you were gonna like that point and then the final point um and which i find the most intriguing because i think there is well i don't think i know that there is an episode of x files in one one of Mm. the very first episodes which which is all about this worm which which enters your body and it makes you aggressive oh which the anything to do with worms and things it, it freaks me out what is well, it there's another. Oh, uh, it's no. it's a worm called uh, Bedeloid rotifer. Rot- okay. rotifer. I, I'm going to say this super Afrikaans because I can't say it otherwise. Which is a leech-like, um, microscopic leech-like wormy thing. Um, the the picture of it looks act- looks very. I think it's I think it's Deloid invasive. rotifer. Yeah, yeah. I think the B is silent. Okay, so what does it do? So th- this is a thing that. It's essentially everywhere. It's a microscopic worm that's in all kinds of puddles and wet, freshwater bodies. So literally the dam I'm just looking at now, it's full of these things. <laughs> and you wouldn't even know. Um, but these don't mate at all. Um, it's, uh, scientists have observed them and they've never seen a mate. Um, so they're they basically asexual and they just multiply. Now, hang yes. on. I'm curious about that. I don't know if you'd be able mm-hmm. to answer this, but... If something reproduces asexually, is it creating yeah. a genetic carbon copy or is it actually genetically different? See, I think it's genetically different because if they it, if it was a carbon copy, it would have been basically a cell. Mm. Um, and I think the reason they don't call this a cell or any, or something to that effect is because it's actually... It okay. moves, it does its own thing. Fair enough. And then it reproduces. So I'm not sure, honestly. Okay. Um, but essentially, they are also capable of withstanding extreme, extreme amounts of radiation. Which means, and some biologists have hypothesized, because obviously it's not They're theorized. They're out not, of this world? <laughs> uh, it, they could be, but they could also just hitchhike on our spaceships one day and colonize and become parts of other colonies on other planets wow. which reminds me a lot about a certain trunk uh, a certain junk monster from star wars um i don't know the name but luke and leia and han you talking about jabba the hutt we're all <laughs> no not jabba the hutt the junk monster um this uh, at the oh the, bottom the, the, the of big the thing that's like sandworm thing not the sarlacc bits but also oh. that that's basically the same but yeah, it's it reminds me a lot of that. And knowing my Star Wars lore, from, I used to collect the books. It reminded me a lot of that. After the road and, and stuff, it got me thinking and it, it about sex and how often people die after sex. Yes. Um, now this is asking the real questions because we've yeah, gone from so, 
from Le Animals that, ooh, I still can't believe insides implode. For, for, you know, you spoke about two animals where the insides blow up. Yeah. That's just pretty much. Oh, Animal Kingdom. Good to be human. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's vicious. It's a vicious thing. Um, so, so obviously, I tend to get on an obsessive tangent and just essentially Google and go down rabbit holes of rabbit holes of rabbit holes. And I found this interesting statistic, okay, that essentially answered my worries um, about what about people? What if people die after six is it oh. a thing does it but even I, happen? didn't i just say it was a really great way to go <laughs> yeah um it might be a great way to go but it also i wouldn't want also to, might die, not be. to be fair yeah i wouldn't want to be fine in my in my sticky no um, dead, it'll, it'll be good know? to go while you're while you're busy and you're drinking some coffee <laughs> I, imagine the traumatization for your loved one okay and then again it doesn't matter because you're dead so i <laughs> I found this great post on Forbes, uh, which basically reinforces all the worries, but also not. Um, Fortunately, it turns out that not many people die because of sex and after sex and related to sex. Y'all are not vigorous enough. Anyway. Yeah, I guess that's the thing. (laughs) Um, So scientists were also wondering this, particularly, particularly scientists from Oregon. Um, where they studied 4,500 cases of death surrounding late nights and surrounding um, what they would call good evenings, okay? And they Very found that of, <laughs> of the thousand, uh, of the 4,500 cases, only about 1,000 of those um, were. Re- around the time that sex happened that that they copulated that that okay they they were at parties and of the 1000 only 34 um i believe it was actually died because of the sex because of an uh okay. things so that went wrong during it's sex it's less than what like 1% yeah it's about one in every 100 men and uh, and one about one in every one thousand women. Um, so the the total statistics is thirty two people, uh, thirty two men, and only two women died around okay. sex. Now they're calling this a sudden cardiac arrest, uh, which is S S C A, I believe. Um, now what happens is you're going so vigorously, you're going so uh, you're essentially. Pumping, adre- uh, pumping adrenaline, I'm thinking pumping, uh, pumping adrenaline through your heart. <laughs> and you're, you're just going to, you're, you get a heart attack and you die. Now, this happened essentially within minutes or within a, a few hours of the, the actual act of sex. And that's what they are calling sudden cardiac arrest during sex. So it's not, re- it's not. A common thing but it can happen and i just thought that's a statistic you might want to know now <laughs> an american further, statistic anyway <laughs> yes an american statistic it might happen more in south africa less oh, in Europe. oh oh but i see wait wait uh, wait so dying during pumping allegedly is minuscule but yeah. now it seems you can die from having 
too good of an orgasm. Thank you, Edward. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. That's Not the, other thing. the news we wish to now, hear. <laughs> going down this further rabbit hole of ejaculation and sex <laughs> and dying because of the two, I found that very recently a 35-year-old man died. And I kid you not, the reason for death is ex- excessive orgasm. That's the now, reason of death. That sounds like a good way to go. <laughs> I wouldn't think so because as, as the post wasn't too long and the okay. information isn't too scarce, but it's an African man by the name of Charles Mu- Muwaja. Mojawa. Sorry if I'm butchering your your family name. And one of them is listening. Um, He was having sex with with his partner. And he peaked and he orgasmed. And he just continued orgasming. And it continued. (laughs) And blood vessels ruptured. And he died. And that's terrifying. I'm literally getting the gooseies. It's (laughs) so... (laughs) I wouldn't say... And that's literally terrifying me. It's it's a scary thought. And I couldn't find any other um, example of this because in many American states, especially... Now, j- just to clarify, it's it was private. blood vessels in his brain. It wasn't like it was blood vessels in his penis from yes, the no, organism. So his penis didn't... It was just so good, so good. That, that he just... He had a brain aneurysm it was mind from blowing. the pleasure. <laughs> yeah, it's literally it was a mind blowing. blowing orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, yeah. that is a way to go. Because, you know, when we spoke about coffee earlier and I mentioned, you know, how much you have to drink to kill you, I would imagine that's from cardiac arrest because the yes. caffeine would, would make you, your heart beat so yeah, fast. The, that, yeah. But exactly. this, it's so pleasurable that you die from a bad headache. Sign me up, bitch. I don't know. (laughs) The migraine I had yesterday, okay, was bad. Now, I've had worse than that in the past. Imagine getting that while on your bed, while laying down. What if your brain confuses the pain for pleasure? So it just ends up being ecstasy, and then you you see the light and you go. Just a bloody (laughs) ecstasy. Listen, if that's the case, fine. Take me, (laughs) orgasm gods. But... Honestly, I would want to live another day to have another orgasm more than having the ultimate mind-blowing orgasm. That's all I'm saying. M- maybe less is more in this case. Um, unfortunately, many death cases are usually private, especially in America, so I couldn't find more, many more of this. Um, but the fact that there is an actual cause of death listed as excessive orgasm, which caused <laughs> blood vessels in the brain to rapture. That's oh, an official man. medical um, official see, cause of death. That's interesting because normally, as you mentioned in the previous studies, right, they would it would yeah. be like cardiac arrest. That would be the way to yes. go because maybe you're unfit and you're just not healthy enough and maybe you have cholesterol, exactly. whatever the case is, so yeah. your heart gives up. Yeah. In this one, he had so much pleasure, his brain exploded. He so, just kept on. Good job, Charles. Good job. <laughs> whatever, whatever sex worker you were with, she now has a reputation for mind blowing. <laughs> yeah, literally, she's the mind blowing one. Uh, <laughs> it's 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 just a scary ass thought. I, I, think, uh, it's, I, think, I, it's, thought, I think it's beautiful. 
And that's yeah. the end of NSFW. <laughs> And on that mind-blowing note, it's also the end of the show. Yes, end (laughs) of episode, well, of Gettle 47 of season two, episode five. Yes. So thank you to everybody who joined us. Ed, thank you for a wonderful episode. It was nice to to once again have our weekly sesh of all the things that we love to speak about. (laughs) Weekly informational. Yes. And uh, for those of you who continue to listen and watch, thank you so much for the continued support. We really appreciate it. And as always, our DMs are open. So if you find anything cool, interesting that you reckon we should be speaking about, please do let us know. Just send it our way, yeah. But yeah, until the next episode, we all have hope you have a wonderful week. Until then, <laughs> ciao now. Bye.